I don't know, have you ever heard of this, uh, this notion of imposter syndrome? Yeah, yeah. I assure you, I don't feel quite like an imposter now, but it's what it is, it's the inability to believe that your success is deserved. Um, you, it's kind of a, like this irrational fear that you shouldn't be where you are. Yeah. You shouldn't be there. And as soon as you open your mouth, you're going to get found out. You know, whether, whether it's um, you know, a promotion at work, whether it's a new job, whether you've joined a team, whether you're starting university, whatever it is, you have this irrational fear that people will think, what is that person doing there? Get him out. Get her out. This is how I felt a few years ago. I was standing at an open door to a dining room, and the dining room was labelled Speaker's Dining Room. And uh, I had been asked to come and do a talk um, at a conference in Philadelphia uh, called Business as Mission. And it was a fascinating subject. It was looking at the intersection between faith and work, and it was full of academics, pastors, high-flying business people, and me. And so I, there I am. Um, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers the series Star Trek. Uh, I'm quite old, so, uh, but they always put the baddies in a room and it would have a force field. No door, there'd be a fo- couldn't get... I felt like I was a baddie in Star Trek. I couldn't, I couldn't get through into the dining room because I had this fear. I had this fear that as soon as I stepped through into, the, into that dining room, everybody would stop eating there'll be silence, everybody look at me, and who, the, who is this fella? <laughs> anyway, I managed to, in the end, um, uh, go through the doorway, and um, I went up and got some food from the buffet, and I turned around, and of course, the next challenge, where to sit. You know, and there's people, all the successful people there, all the confident people, the people who should be there, they're chatting away and having a wonderful time, and then there are, there's t- empty tables. There's no way I'm going to sit on an empty table. Anyway, I spot a half-full table. And I think to myself, that's the one to go for. So um, off I go, and I sit down, and uh, I sort of say hello. And would you believe every single person around that table was from Harpenden? <laughs> and what God was telling me was, you're home, Bruce. You're home. Because home is where God is. And um, whether we're with family, whether we're on holiday, whether we're on a bicycle, whether we're gardening, whatever, and whether we are at work, God is with us. And, um, you know, I found it a challenge, and maybe you have too, to, to deal with this idea of faith and work, how to square that, how to manage that, um, that, that dynamic. And um, the problem that, that I have is that about 40% of, of, our, of on average, of, of a working, working person's life is at work. So let me say that again. But 40% of our time is spent working as adults. So it's super important that we kind of get our head around this. So why is it a problem? You know, I find myself uh, almost metaphorically checking in my faith in reception of the, of the office. And then at the end of the day, I pick it up again. Uh, uh, so, 
So why do we find it a challenge? Well, fear of rejection, being seen as, as different, upsetting the cultural norms of the office. Perhaps it's, you don't feel it's appropriate or professional to be able to demonstrate your faith in the workplace. Perhaps you feel that you might be upsetting people or getting into an argument. There may even be a company policy that doesn't allow you to do so. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge for us. But of course, it's, it's not a challenge for God, is it? Because he doesn't distinguish the me at work, the me at home, the me on a bicycle, the me in the garden. It's all the same. It's all the same to God, isn't it? We're still a child of God, whatever we're doing. And in fact, he has a word for it. And that word is avoda. Um, and it's a Hebrew word. Uh, and it's, it's a kind of cool word because it means to work, to worship, and to serve. It's this picture of integrated faith. Um, Alex, thanks, my friend. So... Six days you shall work, avoda, but on the seventh day you shall rest. That's Exodus. But as for me and my household, we will serve, avoda, the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that I may worship, avoda, you. So over the last few weeks, we've been in a boat, haven't we? We've been in a boat. Mark's talked about... Um, Jesus in a boat, uh, Luke 5, and uh, the, first, uh, the first session was around our, our, our call to be with Jesus, this idea that, you know, um, is that everything comes from being in that place of being, that place of being with Jesus. And then there was the call to holiness, you know, the call to be separate from the world and to be consecrated to him. And then we've spent the last few weeks looking at the, the Great Commission. Um, and, um, and today we're going to look at um, our walk of faith in the workplace. What I want to do, what I hope to do, uh, is to reframe how we see work. I want us to relax about it, yeah? I want us for it not to be a burden, uh, and to get closer to Jesus in how we approach work, okay? So I'm going to pray, and then we'll get stuck in. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for this wonderful privilege of being up here sharing uh, your message today. Uh, pray, Lord, that... Um, the points that you have encouraged me to develop will land, that we will get a real sense of the joy you have in being with us and your desire to be with us all the time, whether we're at work or whether we're at play. I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive you today. Amen. slide please Alex oops all right it's true to say that um, we're limited by the resources that we have available to us yeah 
We've got to work within those limitations. That might be your wages, your salary. It might be the turner of the company that you either work for or the company that you run. Maybe that's, there's a budget that you have to plan to. Yeah. We work within limitations. Even uh, Elon Musk has limitations. Yes, he has 175 billion. Yeah. Quite a large sum. But he doesn't have 176 billion. So even he is limited. Yeah. We work with, within limitations. But we know as Christians, don't we, that God is our Father, God is our provider. He is our provider. So, hmm. If we acknowledge that all we have is from God. Next slide, please, Alex. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. If we acknowledge that we have all, all we have is from God, that he provides for us, and what you could say, in fact, actually, is the workplace is his. It's his workplace, yeah? The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. Hmm. So, you could say we work for God, yeah? God's the boss. We work for God. And God's resources are limitless. God's resources are limitless. We work for a boss whose resources are limitless. Yeah? That's pretty cool. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that you in all things and at all times, having all that you need, will abound in every good work. Abundantly. He wants to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's pretty, that's a pretty strong indictment of a limitless God, isn't it? But he's saying, listen, I want you to have my limitless resources. I want you to tap into these limitless resources. And um, that changes, I think. I think it changed, certainly changed my perspective on, on work. It changes my perspective on my own business, that I'm actually working for God. So, if it's God's business, if it's God's career, if he's the boss, then, then, then what are we? Well, we're his stewards. Next slide, please. We're his stewards. Hmm. So, what is a steward? We are familiar with the notion of, of being a steward from the New Testament, but I thought I'd just check in with Google. Um, and uh, a steward is an individual who's responsible for managing and caring for something valuable on behalf of someone else. Okay. And um, we know, don't we, that Jesus spent a lot of time talking about our role as stewards. Next slide, please, Alex. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards 
of God's grace in its various forms. And of course, he taught a lot, didn't he, about being a steward? Of course, the, probably the most famous one is the parable of the talents. And that parable is about using God's resources with respect and wisdom. And the big challenge, and you've heard this many, many times from this stage, the big challenge we have is to understand as stewards, we cannot be independent from God. Yeah? As stewards, we cannot be independent from God. We cannot be independent from the resource that we are drawing on. Yeah? So we need to ensure that we are dependent on God's resources, yeah? And um, if a steward is not dependent on the resources that he or she is stewarding, then something tricky happens. And what happens is you start to think that you're the owner of those resources, yeah? You start to think, actually, this success, (laughs) it's my success, yeah? I've created this opportunity. I've created, I've built this this, this kingdom, if you like. And that's when the trouble starts, isn't it? Uh, when we as stewards forget our role. Yeah. And instead of drawing on God's limitless resources, we start to draw on our own limited resources. And uh, Jesus nails it with the, um, the story of the vine and the branches. He knows this. He knows this challenge. He knows we're going to slip up. So he, he told us a story, didn't he? He told us a story about a vineyard. And uh, that, the key verse for me is verse 5. It's in John, isn't it? I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I am the vine. I am the resource. You are the branches. You are the stewards. So if you keep drawing on that resource, if you keep remaining in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And um, to bear much fruit, to be a good steward, the most important facet that you need, the biggest skill you need is to be a good listener. Next slide, please, Alex. Yeah. We need to listen. We need to listen to him, yeah. Why? Well, you could say that actually the problems and the challenges that you have at work are actually not yours. They're actually not your problems. They're God's problems, yeah? There's no reason why you can't then walk into God's metaphorical office which, by the way, he opens, has an open-door policy, and say to God, listen, you've got a problem. You have got a problem, God. What do you want me to do about it? You see the difference? I've got a problem. Help me, God. You've got a problem with this resource that you've asked me to steward. So how are you going to help me? What are you going to, how do I deal with it? How do I deal with it? Dependency. Yeah, whether it's, Problem with team dynamics in the office. It's perhaps you've got a line manager that doesn't support you. Perhaps you know you're looking for a new role. You know the business isn't making the money that it used to make. Whatever it may be, whatever the problem is, it's not too big or too small. 
that God does not want to be engaged with you in that, yeah? But it's not a choice, is it? It's not an option. It's a prerequisite for the relationship that God wants to have with you. And that relationship is a relationship of dependency, yeah? Um, However, what we can't do, and what I do quite often, is march into his office, say, you've got a problem with X, Y, and Z, and then march straight out again. <laughs> uh, we've, um, you know, we've, we've, got to, we've got to hang around. Yeah? We've got to hang around his office. Um, and um, we have to spend time with him, don't we? We have to spend time in his company. And, uh, and the biggest problem with that is spending time with him. Because we want to get on, yeah? We want to get on. We've got to get moving, you know? And um, it's a wonderful, uh, 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 it's a message translation of Proverbs 3. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. And um, so one of the biggest challenges I've had, and it may well be that you're cool with this, is just waiting yeah, because, because our provider, God, our resource, our limitless resource, you know, has his own timing. And it's not our timing. Um, I'll tell you a story. Um, I've been running my business for uh, 15 years. And um, I had a six-month period, two years back, where I earned exactly nil. I earned not a bean, not a penny. Um, you know, I would do proposals, and normally I'd write a proposal or a tender for a, for a piece of work, and about one every three or one every four I'd, 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 I'd win, and that was, that was a good ratio. I think I did about 21 proposals. Every single time it was a no. And what had happened was that God was teaching me God was teaching me something, not in a bad way, in a tender way. He was teaching me that my understanding, my intellectual understanding of trust, that he is my provider, needed to make the journey from my head to my heart. And when that journey happened, it took me six months, he turned the tap on again. I'm now a millionaire. No, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> my wife's in, in the audience, so she can attest to the fact that that's a complete untruth. But, uh, and of course, um, the fringe benefit of uh, waiting, the fringe benefit of being in his office is, of course, that we spend time with God. We spend time with Jesus, and that's what he loves. And going back to, to, uh, to Peter, you know, he modeled this beautifully for us, Peter in the boat. He was with the boat. He was in the boat. Yeah, he was in the boat. And so when, when Jesus said, cast your net over the other side, he just said, well, I spent all night doing this, but okay, I'm the steward, you're the resource. Over the, over the net went, and you will bear much fruit, or you will bear much fish in this occasion. But anyhow... So spending time with Jesus means that you'll see the fruit of doing his will. And I want to tell you a story uh, from a friend of mine called Bill, who was at the conference um, that, I, that I broke into. And uh, uh, he, he runs a very successful business in China. 
and um, he manufactures stained glass products, uh, sort of home, home decor kind of products. Uh, they, for example, Tiffany lamps, you know, those sort of lamps that have the stained glass. And um, he's a brilliant, brilliant man, fantastic Christian, uh, amazing relationship with, with God. And um, he is always looking at becoming more efficient in his processes. He has an incredible process to take scrap materials and make them into these beautiful um, artworks, etc. It's a very successful business. So he's always looking to innovate. He's kind of like this um, efficiency kind of person. You know? He always wants to make the thing as, as a, a machine and as a process as, as efficient as possible. And one day, God woke him up with a, uh, with a plan for a new process. And uh, so uh, Bill listened and spent the day drawing up the blueprints for this new, this new machine that, that would deliver this, this, this process. And uh, <clears throat> day two, God wakes, wakes him up again and says, actually, I've got a better idea. And so Bill spends the day working on this new, this, you know, this new, better process. Day three, God wakes him up, got a better idea. So off he goes, Bill, and he, he does his blueprint for this new... Anyway, this goes on for a week. Day eight, God wakes him up. Bill says, whoa, 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 time out, time out. <laughs> look, you, look, you know I'm a, I'm a kind of efficiency guy. I'm an efficiency guy. This is not an efficient process. <laughs> Why don't you just tell me the best bit, the best one now? And not... God simply said to him, Bill, I just love spending time with you. And, and so the good news is that when you're in that office that metaphorical office, you can chill, you know, have a coffee, spend time with God, because that's where he wants you to be. And all this is going to help you with the, the point of the sermon, yeah, this notion of getting out there, the Great Commission at work. So it's going to help you, what I call, activate your touch points. Alex is still with us. There he is. Fantastic. Thanks, Alex. So um, making connections to share the gospel. This idea of being out there and modeling faith. And Jesus did it for us. Yeah. All through the New Testament, there are, there's story after story after story of Jesus modeling the idea of activating touch points, of demonstrating faith, you know, whether it's, you know, walking through Capernaum and, uh, and his, 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 literally his, his garment, his cloak was touched and the woman who touched his cloak was, was healed or at the pool of Bethesda, you know, where that uh, man couldn't get to the pool in time to, to, to when the pool bubbled and well, Jesus kind of knelt down beside him and said, do you want to get well? Or the conversation that Jesus had with the, the woman in Samaria at the well, who he asked her for a drink of water, and the conversation went on, and, and, and she and her community were saved. So, so Jesus knows all about this idea of, of touch points, yeah, and of, of, of getting out there and making an, making an impression. And we, as people who are work, who work, have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of opportunities to demonstrate our faith, yeah? So there's a few slides here. Alex, I'll let you run riot. Just, just, just. So, 
So, you know, just think about it. Just think about um, your, your, you may well go to the office um, in London. So you'll get out of your house. Maybe you'll walk to the train station. Maybe you'll buy coffee from that nice van, barista van, um, and you'll sit down and you'll... So you'll have a chat with the barista, then you'll go through, maybe say hi to the ticket person, then you sit down in the, in the train. Admittedly, the train isn't the chattiest of places still. Um, and then you'll get off at whatever station you're off, you'll get a tube, whatever, then, and you'll walk past, you'll say hi to the receptionist if you're in an office or, or, or whatever it may be. And, um, and the list is endless. So, you know, salespeople, um, uh, directors, neighbours, board directors, IT support desks, people, accounts departments, canteen staff, um, assembly line, interviewers, um, sandwich makers, storekeepers, warehouse staff. The list is endless, is it not? And all these are opportunities for you to exercise that great commission. Okay. However, what (laughs) what I'm not suggesting is you march them all down to the River Vare to get them baptized, although wouldn't be a problem. But, it's, but what, what I am saying is, listen, um, it, it's, it's straight out of Sir Francis Assisi's uh, book of How to Live. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Yeah? So what I'm talking about here is this idea of modeling faith in terms of how you behave, yeah? How, your actions, how you... Um, you know, how you behave, how you speak, what you do. Because as a Christian, you, you have a different perspective, do you not, to those, the world out there. And this, this is wonderful. Uh, and again, uh, Jesus nailed it um, with the story of the king. Um, I think it'll come up. The king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed, to be uh, by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So it's a golden opportunity to model your faith through your actions, through your behaviors, through your attitudes. And make no mistake, you are being watched. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about you're being watched by the community that you are in your work community, yeah? You're being watched. I um, had a, a long-standing relationship with, um, with a company and um, we were working for a client and the client was exasperating and um, extremely exasperating. And, um, and I've been working with this company for many, many years and you, you the, the, the sort of head of the company very well. And <clears throat> after one very, very um, frustrating interaction, I'm ashamed to say, said a bad word. Luckily, um, the chair of trustees is not here. Tim, he's here? Oh, gosh. Anyhow, I said a bad word. And he turned to me and said, you know, Bruce, in all the years we've worked together, I've never once heard you swear. 
we're being watched. Yeah. So, and why I want us to relax about it is I'm just saying this whole thing is around being yourself in the workplace. Because being yourself is being a Christian. Yeah. That's the way we're built. So, understanding that God is our provider, it's his workplace. Next slide, please, Alex. It's his workplace, and we have at our disposal limitless resources, yeah? That we are stewards. We work for him. We draw on his resources. That we need to listen. We need to spend time with him as stewards of his provision. And that's going to allow us to activate our touch points, to model our faith. Easy. No. So, I think, personally, I found it daunting to bring my faith into the workplace. Um, And so, um, I'm going to introduce you to something that's helped me um, and, and, and quite a few others over the last few years to, to do that, to meet that challenge, to start to work on that great commission, that call that God has given us. So I'd like to introduce you to Business Club. It's working, the slides. Is, thank you, Alex. So um, Business Club, what is Business Club? Well, it didn't used to be called Business Club, it used to be called Breakfast Club. And, uh, which is a much nicer name. And, um, and um, so I met with Tim Winfield. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a big deal here, big deal. Um, and 15 years ago or so, and I had a, an idea for a, a new business, a startup. And uh, so I wrote a business plan and um, spent ages on it. And um, over breakfast, I kind of shared my ideas with Tim and gave him a copy of the business plan. And uh, he looked at it. No. No, don't do it. So um, I didn't. <laughs> I did something else, which has worked very well uh, for the last 15 years or so. So, But we continue to meet. We continue to have breakfast, and someone else would join us, and someone else. And anyway, after a while, we realized um, that we weren't having breakfast anymore. So I had to rebrand uh, Breakfast Club to Business Club. And so we're a connect group. We've been going, as I say, for about 15 years. Numbers go up and down. But we have around about 20, 25 people, uh, and, and a, I guess about a dozen people uh, come pretty much every Monday, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Zoom. Okay, just one hour. And so many people come along to Business Club and also belong to another Connect group. Totally cool. I don't, by the way. I'm lazy. Um, but um, the point here is that what we, uh, what we do is we start to unpack these challenges. And we start to unpack, well, how do we do this? How do we live out our faith in the workplace? You know, it's all very well, Bruce, standing on stage and, you know, but in the, in, in, in the workplace, you know, it's a different, it's, it's, you know, there's a great deal of pressure about it. You know, you want to, to live out your faith in the workplace, but there are challenges. So we, we, we look at the scripture, we look at how we can take scripture and use it in the workplace. We, we give each other advice, both um, kind of, scriptural advice and theological advice, but also work advice. We pray with each other. We have a WhatsApp group. It's awesome. Uh, and it's busier than, than the group. We, we, there's always messages going on in and out of WhatsApp. It may well be, you know, I've got a big presentation coming up. Can you just, you know, 
pray for me or I've got to, you know, do I go for this job application or do I not? What do you think? And it's a very active, very supportive uh, group. So, um, and we even have a creed. Um, we didn't make it up. Uh, it's, it's from the Bible. Um, and, um, but I do call it the Steward's Creed, and I'm gonna, uh, it'll be on the, the, um, the chart there. It's fantastic. And I made everyone to learn it by heart, um, but I can't remember it now, so I'm going to have to read it. <laughs> it said, um, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. So, so anyhow. Um, no, but it's an awesome creed. Um, and um, yeah, it says pretty much everything, really, that, that we want as Christians. Um, so, However, it gets bigger. It gets bigger because um, prompted by prayer and through discussions and prayer with Mark and his team, um, we want to make BC, Business Club, bigger. So I'm introducing you today to BC XL. So extra large. Business club extra large. So what we want to do is we want to create more business clubs. Yeah? We've got one. We want a lot more. We, God's telling us, you know, come on, this is an awesome group you've got, but we just need to get it out there. We need more people representing the kingdom in the workplace. Yeah. So um, we, we've got these wonderful... I have a lanyard. You can see the lanyard. There will be members of business club um, with lanyards, not as nice as this, because, you know, mine has to be the nicest. Um, no, there's people, uh, they're going to be in the atrium, and they'll answer any questions you have about business club, the Connect Group. But we're also going to be doing a quarterly get-together where we will have breakfast. Um, and the first one is on the 4th of November at 8 a.m., and it's going to be absolutely awesome. We've got a fantastic speaker coming along, one of our own, um, and um, she's going to be talking about um, the challenges and how she's met those challenges uh, in the workplace. We're going to have uh, time of prayer, networking. It's going to be fantastic. And we'll be doing these every quarter. So the message here is we're going to be doing, uh, we, we're asking you to consider joining a business club, a connect group, um, one hour on a Monday, eight till nine. And it is one hour, yeah. Um, and, um, and then come along to one of our quarterly meetings. So, and I want to finish uh, with a call to prayer. Um, and uh, I've got a big writing here, pink. Can I call the band up, please? <laughs> so um, I promised I'd get back to you about that conference. I mentioned that the conference I was an imposter at, and then Bill spoke at that conference, uh, my friend Bill. And I want to tell you what he talked about. Um, and then we're going to end with a prayer uh, that, you, that I'd love you to pray. So um, um, what I do, I'm a brand strategist. Nobody knows what I do. 
me particularly, but um, apparently one person does. Thanks, Sally. No, but what I do is I help companies to, to basically better define what makes them who they are and then to be able to communicate that to their team and to their customers and their audiences. And what that delivers is growth. It delivers a much more effective and efficient way of using resources. And I've been doing this uh, since that breakfast meeting with Tim for 15 years or so, and I've been all over the world, and I work for IT companies, AI companies, software businesses, but more importantly, I also work for mission-based businesses and faith-based organizations. And it's about using the resources that God's given us as efficiently and as effectively as possible. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in what I do. <laughs> and um, and uh, about five years ago, I thought, you know, I should write a book about this. Then I can get that, I can get what I, what I think is important, what I think God's telling me to do, into the hands of many. I soon learned it's quite difficult writing books. Um, and so I didn't. Um, and there I was at this conference, and, um, and Bill was speaking, and... He was, I've nicked quite a lot of his material, but don't let him know that. But the point here is that he was saying we need to spend time listening. So he said, I'm going to say a prayer. And if you want to say it after me, then please do. This was Bill at a conference in Philadelphia. So the prayer was simply this. God, what is it you want to tell me? And as soon as those words came out of my mouth, Three words came right back into my head. Feed my sheep. Boom. I'm not a feed my sheep kind of guy. That's not a language I use. This was from God. And what God was telling me was, Bruce, write the book. Okay. And it is difficult writing a book. But when it's not your book, it's God's book. When you're stewarding for God, he's graciously, he graciously allowed me to ghostwrite his book, if you like. Yes, it's tough. Yes, there are challenges. But the pressure had gone because I was being obedient. I was being obedient steward to God's provision. Um, and uh, as Mark incorrectly said at the beginning of this talk, it's not a best-selling book. It's an award-winning book. Um, and, uh, oh, thank you very much. Um, but <laughs> joking apart, um, what it did, it, it, it did transform my business because God's in the business of transformation. So um, I'm going to, uh, as the band start to play uh, meditative, quiet music, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there, I'm guessing. Um, I'm going to say that, say that prayer again. And if you feel moved to, to say it, um, fantastic. You don't have to come up to the front. You don't have to do anything. Um, but just allow yourself to be open to what God wants to tell you. Because he does obviously want to talk to us. He wants to be with us. So. so God, what is it you want to tell me? <laughs> 